This is Portland Radio Project, KSFL-LP, and you are tuned in to a drop-in session where we spotlight the incredible Portland music community. My name is Cyrus Nabipour, and today I'm thrilled to welcome an amazing local artist, indie pop violinist, looper, vocalist, and so on and so forth, Joe Kai. Hey, Joe. Glad to have you with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Um, let's get a little background on you first off before we get into anything too deep. Uh, so you're South Korean-born. You grew up in Boston initially and then moved to Seattle. Uh, you went to college at Yale. And then after that, you spent a while as a comparative religion and race and ethnicity teacher. Uh, your personal history and experience as an educator definitely seem to really inform the work that you're producing lately. And we're, we're going to look at that deeper shortly. Real hmm. quick, though, I did want to ask, you went to Garfield High School, I, I heard. That school is really famous for turning out great musicians. Uh, can oh, you just dogs. tell me what the atmosphere was like there? Yeah, it was a really interesting time. Um, it's located, Garfield High School is located in the Central District. It has produced, you know, Quin Quincy Jones, Macklemore, um, uh, a handful of other um, really prominent musicians who have created beautiful, beautiful things. Um, it, it, like I said, it was. It's in the. It's located in the central district, um, which is, which has historically been um, people of color, um, and I would say certainly more working class um, part of Seattle. Uh, and right when I was getting into Garfield, I would say it was starting to undergo um, some more gentrification. Um, so at least while I was there, um, it was a majority black school um, with a s smaller. Um, white population and then an even smaller Asian and Asian population. Um, mm. And it was an amazing uh, and terrible social experiment um, <laughs> in the sense that there were so many different people coming together. Um, you had, uh, you know, Vietnamese, first generation Vietnamese kids. Um, you had, uh, you know, white kids from right, right on the coast of Lake Washington. Um, you had black kids. I mean, this is the heart of the black community at the time, um, who were all bringing their own, um, languages, their cultures, and of course their art forms, um, to the school. So, you know, whether it was vocal jazz, whether it was, um, orchestra, um, jazz band, uh, underground hip hop, there was, there was so much music being made. And I was really lucky to, um, to have grown up in that, in that space. Were there were the various music genres and scenes there kind of clicky, or was it really everyone was doing everything? Um, everything was you know crossing over. I think there was certainly a fair amount of crossover, um, but it also just depended on who you are, right? If you were a classical music classical music kid, uh, then that's kind of where you that's where you hung out. If you were a gospel choir kid, you just hung out there. For me, as as an immigrant, um, and also as as an Asian American. Um, I think I, I have always been kind of a chameleon immigrant. Uh, so wherever mm. I end up in any given moment, I, I feel like I'm soaking things in and trying to, um, and asking the question of how this fits into who I am as a person. Uh, yeah. Immigrants tend to be very good at that. <laughs> it's a survival mechanism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into anything else, let's hear some music. Uh, what are we going to hear first from you? Uh, let's start with, let's start with Happy Song. All right, cool. This is Happy Song by Joe Kai on Portland Radio Project. Mm -hmm. 
to make your dreams come true. La da 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 da. You would spend the night alone and cry to sleep up on the kitchen floor. La da 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 da. When I create, I regurgitate oral masturbate, literary criticisms in the tongue of a stranger. Everything I've heard, everything I've said, everything I've thought in the moment that passed us away from me. Passed away from you, passed away from us, passed the path to the swings in the back of my complex. Singing to the heavens, bring her home, Lord, hear us, deliver us, and purchase us a Benz. Signed, Jesus. If I could fly to you, I would. I wouldn't be giving up so soon. Da 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 da. Don't you worry about a thing. I'm here in your pocket. I dream of escaping this madness that surrounds us, confounds us, leaves us astounded and doubtful of love around us. When all I have to do is say hello, how are you? How does it feel? Is that so? Is that true for you too? Yes. All I do may not lead to success, but the days I digress, I am blessed as a guest to dance with the best of us, cry with the worst of us, and stretch like the octopus inside of us, in spite of us. The La Vian Rose quote, man. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Joe Kai. Uh, there's so there's clearly that ties in really well to what I was about to say, which is that there's clearly 
a lot of influences in your, in your music from outside the European classical idiom. Mm. Uh, you utilize a loop station and effect pedals, which makes your sound super unique and just opens up a world of possibilities for you. A lot of people might not realize that's what we just heard is just one guy and a violin and his voice. Uh, so my question is, can you tell me from starting violin lessons as a kid yeah. to what we're hearing from you now, what was your journey and struggles along this path of finding your own voice and style? Was there mm. sort of a point where things started to click for you creatively? Hmm. Well, I think first and foremost, as the son of low-income immigrants, um, it was music was always a place that I could go and be mm. safe uh, and be me. So whether that was playing a box sonata, sonata, uh, you know, in sixth, seventh grade, and losing myself in some of the the real sadness and and I think the kind of mourning um, uh, to dancing to deep purple is my, that was my, that was one of my dad's favorite bands is deep purple it's like mm -hmm. uh like nobody's going to take my crown um kind of a <laughs> classic uh early 80s rock and roll type of band oh, yeah. um but th these are all places that I could go and express myself I think fully without having to worry about um not only how I'm presenting myself but how I'm protecting my family um so with all that said, I think it was around age 16 that I really started to look outside, as far as, far as performance is concerned, um, look outside of the classical idiom. So I think it mm. started with, there was a lunchtime uh, blues jam club uh, at Garfield, and you know, I joined that. Then I started singing vocal jazz. Uh, and then uh, my dad, who is a avid self-taught um, guitarist, uh, I started, you know, picking up the guitar and writing my own uh, l songs about unrequited love, um, and uh, you know, As just emo. Does. Yeah, exactly. You know, a very Death Cab for Cutie and Red Hot Chili Peppers influenced um, type of music. Uh, and I guess that's when I really started to really fall in love with creativity. I think in the past, before that time. I loved playing music, but it was really the music of other people. Um, it was music that had been written by Western composers, um, mm. who most of whom were dead. Uh, and so to be able to figure out what my voice was, what I wanted to um, speak truth to, and what I wanted to bring into the world, I think that's where I really got my start. Um, and then once I got to got to Yale, I d decided not to do symphony. Um, which would have taken up so much time and instead joined an acapella group and started working with contemporary dancers, bought my first looping pedal, uh, and really just dove headlong into, um, into the music that I'm creating today. Although at the time I never ever considered, um, music as a, as a possible career or yeah, career option. Hmm. As an Asian American violinist, one has to imagine that you faced and continue to face a lot of racial biases and stereotypes along the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a question and a statement, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Um, you know, I mean, how many times have people walked up to me, you know, after a gig and said, uh, 
you know, you play real good fiddle for an Asian fella, you know, and <laughs> things along that. And, um, you know, when I was in, so when I was in college, I sang, I sang acapella and my solo was Danny Boy. And there's so many, I just, I love that song so much. And every time mm -hmm. I would sing it and, you know, some frumpy alumni would come and clap me on the back and, um, you know, say, you know, like, you're not Irish, that's for sure, but you can really sing a hell of a Danny boy. Um, and just, I, just little kind of, these are all compliments, right? I mean, I think from the, the intentions of the, the giver of these comments are, um, they're, they're praising me um, for, I guess, musical talent. Um, but in, in doing so, they're also very much pointing out the fact that I don't belong here and I don't belong with this music style. Um, mm -hmm. So, and then I think even now as a professional, uh, I also struggle with uh, labeling myself, right? How do how do I sell what I'm selling? I'm certainly uh, akin to Andrew Bird, who's an amazing violinist mm -hmm. looper and someone that I've I've learned a lot from watching. Um, but I'm I'm not Andrew Bird, and my story is very different, and the the sounds that I'm making um, are also very different. So, do I go the folk route? Do you know? I'm certainly not also straight ahead jazz by any means. Um, you know, my my music is very much reflective of my diverse array of experiences as as an immigrant. And I think trying to convince people before they've even heard it to to take a listen, I think that can be hard when um, how we sell music and how we talk about music can be very reductionist. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed recently you've had a lot of um, success on TikTok, you're you're using this succinct platform uh, to creatively address issues of racism and communicate your own experience. Yeah, it's yeah, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I think uh, it's something that I had avoided, um, and for a long time, I think social media was a um, secondary arm to what I was doing on stage. Um, but I think one of the things that the pandemic has inspired me to do is to really think of these platforms as creative sandboxes. Uh, and so with things like TikTok or even Instagram, uh, shorter is better. I mean, I would love to play Happy Song in its entirety and mm -hmm. assume that people will pay attention throughout the entire thing. But that is certainly not the case uh, for social media. And so you know, these kind of five seconds, six second, second jingles were born out of the pandemic uh, and technology, but also out of the kind of ra real racial reckoning and consciousness that um, I think we've, we've been, do I say privy to, we've been upgrading to, um, we've been forced to reckon with um, as, as a country um, as, and as a community. So to be able to kind of talk about microaggressions and some of the, the, more nuanced uh, elements of being uh, a person of color, uh, and specifically an Asian Ameri Asian American, um, it's it's been really liberating for me um, to to make. Yeah, going back to what you were saying about, you know, someone saying, "Ah, you're you're really playing Danny Boy well for an Asian guy." It's <laughs> it's crazy to me that people don't realize that these are universal human emotions. That these mm. that these songs are are. Uh, communicating, you know, like in you, you can, anyone can feel any of those things regardless of where they're from. Right. And that's, 
and that is that's why we're we were even at that point right where this individual found it important for for him always him uh for him to <laughs> <laughs> for him to come up to me after the show and to try and connect you know with with i think a lack of 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 awareness um and and yeah a lack of awareness um but the fact that i was able to move him right to to that extent i think it's that's why music is great right it can open that door um to confirm um or or even in some cases convince um people of of our collective humanity um but i think you know then it's the conversation that happens after that um it's how you are wielding the music that i think is uh that i think is important um with all that said there's a reason why i'm doing what i'm doing now i mean i was about to apply to phd programs studying asian americans making music and you know i realized i didn't want to analyze culture i wanted to create it um why can't there be mm. um a, a danny boy that is um just as emotionally full but with the symbols um and the languages and the references that make it that much more meaningful for me as well as you know my family and my kids and my parents um and other other kids who are growing up as as asian americans as korean americans um so that's i think that's one of the the reasons why i do what i do and continue to uh you know disappoint my parents by <laughs> being a professional musician they're totally on board at this point but um you know it, it's being a being a independent musician being an independent artist is certainly a risk and we do it because we feel a real sense of of purpose and need um yeah and that is one of one of my my one of my driving forces yeah well said um how about we get another song uh yeah. you got another you got another one for us i do this song is called daughter uh and this one is i mean i, I just referenced my parents and um it's about it's about this i think i wrote this right around the time of me too and um i always don't know how to introduce this song because on the one hand it's about um, misogyny and it's it's about me reflecting on my male privilege um but within the korean american community i would say that it, it means something else to be a man and i think it came with a lot of of different privileges um that my sister did not have access to nor my mother nor my grandmother etc and um so yeah, this song is kind of an exercise in empathy um, and I think a, a prayer for, for my daughter. Thank you. 
Catch up to the neighbor. Little she knows about the world she left behind. Receive her. Hang up the phone if someone calls and you don't recognize her. Lullaby is caught up in the memory of the past goodbye and spilling your guts to no one on the floor except your mother. Filling your lungs with all the gases of your noble father. Taking it back because it was never yours to start it over to your grandma's house. She loved but never knew she had a daughter. If I could be better. And cooler and taller, I would sit next to you. If only you could have seen under my letter, I'd make it up to you. I stayed in tune until the teacher told me I don't have it. I gave it to the student, she forgot her dinner blessing. Sit for the lesson, I can promise if you're patriotic. Please don't leave this country that became a prison and a habit. I play for you, but mostly me. I need an answer. How can you root a tree that never had a chance to water? So let me drink to glory days locked in the distant future. Yes, it's getting cold, the crowds are hungry, and it's getting darker. If I could be better and cooler and taller, I'd make it up to you.
Beautiful, man. Oh. Hmm. If you're just tuning in live from Portland Radio Project, this is a drop-in session with Joe Kai. Joe is performing and talking with us live remotely from the comfort of our homes to yours. And that was his song, Daughter. Joe, this past year has been challenging to artists on so many levels, but many have also found it to be a time of great creative output. Mm. Uh, you would be in this number. You have quite a few new <laughs> projects brewing right now. So let's start talking about them. Let's start with Hi Joe Kai, a children's music project. Tell us what that's all about. Yeah. So, well, I, I'm, I'm a relatively new father. My twins will be turning two very soon. And uh, I found... Well, A, it was very difficult to find time <laughs> for anything, really, um, you know, to poop sometimes. You're like, I just I just want to poop. Um, but of course, then, um, as the secondary bread earner uh, in the family, um, it, I found it really difficult to find time to work. Um, and so I started to lean into um, a lot of the things that were coming out of my mouth as I was uh, playing with the kids. Um so whether it is songs about going to the park, uh, songs about their grandma who lives in Korea, um, or, um, or songs about dipping dumplings, uh, I really wanted to bring some of these naturally uh, occurring moments of creativity um, into a more fully produced uh, sound. Um, not to mention, of course, that as we're listening to um, children's music on all of the streaming platforms, I found that there was really a lack of, you know, POC representation in children's music. It, it's really kind of from a Eurocentric perspective. And I, I mean, I, I'm a, as big of a fan of Rafi uh, as possible, as, as much as anyone else, but I really wanted my kids, my own kids to have music that was very much reflective of their own experience um, as Asian American kids growing up in Portland, Oregon. Um, and so it's been really wonderful to, to record songs. I've been collaborating with a lot of um, different amazing artists, including uh, Mike Bennett, who does these amazing uh, wooden painted cutouts. Um, and he scatters Portland uh, with, with these moments uh, of, of joy. And um, we, we've known each other for a while and we had co collaborated in the past before and so, yeah, we just released ABC, that's S-C-A, which is a alphabet journey um, through the ocean, looking at different um, different ocean animals and, uh, yeah, and kind of singing our way through that, um, through that world. Cool. And that's the first uh, Hi Jokai single that's come out? It is. And then we have, uh, yeah, then there are many more to come. I have about five or six um, that I'll be rolling out through the through the summer, I believe the next one is Ice Cream Truck, and that is um, featuring Kitsuva, uh, who also, Josh, Joshua Rahanik, who was part of Adverse Effects, um, an amazing MC here in town, um, who is who I'm teaming up with to create kind of a, a kid-friendly hip-hop song that is both um, bumping, but also nostalgic, I think, for for us parents, uh, and then also exciting for for kids um, who actually the 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 world and era of the ice cream truck is is in the here and now for them. Amazing uh, that you got you got to do the Disney trick where you make a kids movie, but put throw some stuff in for the adult so they watch it too. Well, yeah, that's that's <laughs> exactly that's family entertainment, right? Um, and yeah, and I think that's that takes a lot of hard work, right? How do you 
how do you do that? I also have a song called What's What's in Your Diaper, um, which is definitely, you know, I just was bumping that today, this morning, and <laughs> I was dancing along with that with the kids. But, you know, as as the one who changes said diaper um, and is is always on the quest of what, what actually uh, resides therein. Um, it's also, <laughs> it's also a really cathartic song for me to, to listen to. <laughs> awesome. Um, you also have a live show coming up, uh, next week on May 27th. What are those details and what can people expect to hear? Yeah. So it's a virtual show. It's, um, through Hillsborough's, um, Hillsborough, the city of Hillsborough is doing an amazing job. Um, and always has done so with, you know, Walter's cultural arts center. And then the city itself has an amazing performance series that it's rolling out, um, all throughout, uh, Asian American Pacific Islander, um, heritage month. Uh, and so the 27th, um, it'll be at 7 PM. Uh, you can find details at Hillsborough's, um, AAPI, uh, event page. Uh, and I'll be performing some of the songs that you heard today and telling some more stories um, about myself uh, and kind of exploring, I think, um, exploring as well as, I guess, yeah, just straight up bashing um, the the incidents of Asian hate and racism that we've been um, that we've been witnessing all over the country. Um, so kind of exploring why is this happening and um, and then from a personal perspective perspective um why it's why it's been a beautiful experience for me to be asian american mm. all right well I'm, I'm looking forward to tuning into that uh finally you've got this incredible new single i see mm. color featuring austin antoine coming out soon and luckily for our listeners we will be debuting it right now on portland radio project first however some quick background uh tell us how did this song come to be What's it about? I, the message on it is super cool. I, I love mm. the chorus on this. And who's on it? So Austin Antoine is the musician, poet, rapper um, that I collaborated with. And Austin and I, um, we met each other in Sacramento, and we've collaborated um, numerous times over over the years. And um, the song got started because of an awesome um, music grant uh, co-hosted by um, Kristen Leong, who is a producer, um, at KUOW, which is the NPR affiliate in Seattle. Um, she has an amazing, uh, newsletter blog called Rock Paper Radio. And then in partnership with the Slants Foundation, uh, which is organized by Simon Tam of the Slants, who is a Portland, uh, product really, um, who took his punk band, uh, the name of his punk band, the Slants to the Supreme Court. Uh, and and won that uh, copyright case, um, but yeah, they've been cre they've created this amazing opportunity for um, Asian Americans and creatives of color to come around the topic of Asian Americanness and Black Americanness. Um, I think it's a these are communities that have often been pitted against each other, and also um, there's been a lot of distrust and mistrust between these two communities, and um, in the wake of not in the wake of, but as we really see um, the 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 re rise of of white supremacy and how it is um, adversely affecting um, communities of color, I think it was really important for all of us. It is important for all of us to um, to build coalition against this um, this very real threat of of white supremacy. And uh, this specific project was born out of that AZN. Uh, X 
I guess, ASEAN cross BLM. Um, and so, yeah, Austin and I sat down over, over, um, over the internet and had about a two hour conversation, just diving real deep into what it means to be Asian American, what it means to be black in America and what are some of the seeds of, of mistrust and how can we move past that? How can we evolve and see the similar sufferings um, that we are undergoing? And then how can we activate for each other? Um, how can we support each other in this quest for freedom and for, for equity? Um, and so, yes, Icy Color is the name of that project. It's a two-track project. One is a snippet of that interview with set to kind of sound collage birds and urban sounds, uh, as well nice. as some I can't wait to hear that one. distant keys. Uh, and then of course the, the single itself, Icy Color, which is, um, part rap, part, um, chorus, uh, about racism, it's links to colonial imperialism. Um, but all told of course, from a very kind of personal space. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm so excited and, uh, this will actually be the first time it's debuting. I, you know, I won't even be able to stream it uh, from my own platforms. It lives uh, on the Rock Paper Radio and the Slants Foundation's uh, YouTube channels for the next six months. But I'm I'm really excited to share this with all of the P Portland Radio Project listeners. Right on, man. Well, Joe, thanks so much for taking the time to share your music with us. You've got so much great stuff in the works, and it's all really meaningful and community minded. So. You know, on behalf of whomever I might be allowed to speak for, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for creating this platform um, and engaging with me on these conversations. I think, you know, the, like I said, music opens the heart and then it's following that up with meaningful conversations like this one that, um, that we all, you know, we can take some of those warm fuzzies and translate it into knowledge as well as action. Absolutely. Listeners, if you want to hear more about Joe, you can visit his website, www.joekai.com. That's J-O-E-K-Y-E. If you want to see Joe's upcoming show, it'll be streaming live on May 27th. And the link to this event is on his website, joekai.com, as well as the Hillsboro uh, event page. Don't forget to follow him on social media. He's got a really active YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll make it easy for you. All the links I'm talking about right now will be posted on the blog on our website, prp.fm. Thank you for tuning in to another PRP drop-in session. My name is Cyrus Nabipour. I co-produced this episode with Asha Wagner and Veronica Bezesti was our engineer. To take us out, here's I See Color by Joe Kai on Portland Radio Project. <laughs>